आई वी एम ओ माई एपिसोड नाइन्टी नाइन ऑफ द एब्सोल्यूटली राइट पॉडकास्ट आई स्टिल कैन बिलीव इट फिफ्टी इंटरेस्टिंग वीक्स ऑफ द पॉडकास्ट इन पॉसिबली द मोस्ट ड्रोमेटिक पीरियड ऑफ अलाइंस In innumerable ways by now I have spoken about how crucial it is for you to discover yourself know your personality I've spoken about how you can discover the deeper unseen unheard and at times even unknown aspects of your own personality through your handwriting Today as a special gift I thought of compiling a list of 9 things that you must know about yourself looking at your writing and I've combined them with some of my favorite questions moments and memories from the 98 episodes that we have recorded so far So before we get there and start listening to different guests and the snippets of their conversations let me welcome you to the show Welcome to Absolutely Right the very first graphology based podcast show in India I am your host Aditi Sarana. I am a graphologist and a high performance coach. I am passionate about, perpetually in love with, and a lifelong student of this fascinating subject called graphology or handwriting analysis. I don't think I've ever told you the story of how all of this started in my life. I remember I was 14 years old and I was sent to a personality development course. You know how they used to send every child back in the day to get groomed and cultured in whichever way. The teacher looked at this class full of teenagers who were clueless and awkward. She decided to start with a game. She asked us a simple question, how many zeros can you draw in a minute? How many zeros? Why would we draw zeros? We all thought because she insisted we all came up with some number. She said, write whatever number came to your mind on a paper and then timed us as we set out to make as many zeros as possible in that given minute. It was a simple capacity gazing game. Some people knew their capacity of drawing zeros, some overestimated themselves and others underestimated themselves. She had made her point and she moved on. Yaha aaya kahani mein twist. During the break I looked at some students papers and their zeros and was intrigued by how each person drew their zeros in their own styles. The size, the shape, the spacing, even the way they used the paper was unique. Unknowingly I started tracking some inexplicable patterns in those scribbles. My dyslexic brain was acting up in a manner that I had never known before. Next thing I knew I picked up some random papers and started describing people's behavior looking at those zeros. Obviously the analysis was not like what we hear on our Wednesday episodes. It was more instinctive, raw and natural. But we all were surprised. I had no clue how I was talking about their personality in an accurate manner. But in that moment, I knew one thing for sure. I knew that my life is about to change. In no time, my curiosity became my passion. I started gathering books and materials to support my so-called research. I was brought up in a house full of books. My commonest South Indian father was an avid reader, and in my family, no one ever stopped anyone from buying books. I quickly gathered my stock of books related to psychology. By 18, I had completed some local course in graphology and wanted to explore it professionally. My dad was delighted to see me take interest in a new subject, but he never thought I would even think of making this as my profession. He brought my sister and me with some real revolutionary non-conformist ideas. He always equated that all training to turning us into activists, politically active citizens, or at least government employees in administrative services he never thought that this so called revolution would start from home 
by me not agreeing with his plan. In April 2004, my dad and I happened to discuss my career options. I told him that I was considering taking up graphology seriously. What do you mean? He was shocked. I said I really think I have a knack for it and I would like to do some international certifications in this subject. He could not believe his ears. He was angry, upset, disappointed all in that very moment. The conversation turned into an argument. I was surprised at myself. I did not back off. I really 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 wanted to do this. To give it to him, I was 18 and a half. I'm sure he looked at my craze for graphology as some random fleeting teenage obsession. But at the end of the day, probably without any intent to act on it, maybe just to pressurize me or probably under the influence of all the high drama bollywood parenting techniques that he must have learned he uttered those irretrievable words you're free to leave my home if you do not agree with my choices and we both were really really shocked i didn't know what to do i didn't know how to react to that i didn't see this coming but in his own ways exactly what every melodramatic stereotypical father from bollywood movies would have said in at least half dozen ways my father said nikal jao is ghar se your personality is your filter we do not look at the world for what it is of course not every experience goes through multiple interpretations opinions judgments there is the truth and there is your version of the truth every piece of information emotional logical social or any other form has to go through these filters to give you an example imagine you're wearing red tinted glasses and looking at a white wall no matter how white that wall is for you the wall is pink peach rose or any other color but white what you think right or wrong good or bad healthy and healthy moral immoral everything is based on these filters filters that are yours filters that are given to you culturally socially in the family that you're brought up but basically we look at the world through these filters called personality I believe it's high time that we go beyond our fixed ideas beyond these fixed filters. Today allow me to walk you through nine such factors of personality that play an important role in the way you look at your work, your personal and professional life and success in general. With each point I will be picking parts of different conversations from our previous episodes for you so that you can relate to the point better. Then I will come up with a graphological explanation and give you a handwriting stroke that you can find in your own handwriting. You know when I meet people in a session I find them confused about some common things. They wonder who they are, how they function, why they are triggered on the same things over and over again. So when we look at these common simple personality confusions we'll be able to really discover newer nuances of you as a person and let's also find out if graphology can come to our rescue for sure point number 1 are you a firm person or a stubborn person many times people when they're clear and firm about their choices they're wrongly labeled as stubborn or ziddi i think my father also thought the same way about me and when stubborn people really exercise their authority they are considered as egoistic are you stubborn or you're firm what is the line what is the difference on episode number 7 our restaurateur and podcaster guest gauri devidayal asked me the same question when i look back at sort of the last 9 or 10 years i think there are times when this sense of wanting a strong conviction about something you know it the the flip side is that you also have to be very open minded uh, about 
other people's opinions. And sometimes it's hard to be that if you're so convinced by your own logic. And uh, I think that one thing I've realized is that while I may be convinced, I've also realized to be a little more open-minded about, you know, a different point of view. Because uh, I'm not sort of, you know, yes, I I am seen as the face of the brand and, you know, um, but my husband's as much, Jay is as much a part of the business as me. And he is a completely different person. And a lot of what has happened is because of decisions that we fought crazily over. And somehow he's, you know, sort of either convinced me or I've decided unconvinced to sort of go with him. But now I've learned over time that, you know, I may not necessarily see the, um, the the rational sort of reason for doing something, but there's, you know, I, I, I want to sort of believe that someone um, has the reasoning be, required yes, that I may not see at the time, but, you know, will sort of play itself out. You know, I always speak about this. People think firmness and being stubborn are the same things. And they're not. Like you're very firm, but you're not stubborn. I... Yeah, I think yeah, I've, like I've, stubbornness I think I've evolved has... that sort of uh, from being stubborn to being sort of firm because uh, it doesn't work. It's not sort of my way or the highway. Yeah, and, and stubbornness uh, has yeah. a lot more ego into it. You know, it requires you as a as a preference driven person, whereas firmness is about what is required right. to be done. Yeah. And you are like very what is required to be done, at least <laughs> now for sure. As I said it in the clip. Being firm is about the decision, the project at hand, about doing the thing in the most appropriate manner. However, being stubborn is about you doing things your way, only because you're saying it. In short, my way or highway. Graphologically speaking, we can spot stubbornness in the lowercase letter D. D for difficult. Yeah, that's a good correlation. So look at the lowercase D. The letter D is designed with a small A-like formation and then the line goes up to create a vertical line and the same line comes down to complete the D formation. Now here is a point to look for. If you find a wide gap at the bottom between two vertical lines, then the writer is a stubborn person. Wider the gap, more is the stubbornness. Point number two, I hear people say this often. Oh my God, I'm experiencing FOMO. FOMO. Yeah, we use it very casually as part of our language. What do we mean by that? We look at someone's Instagram profile. We wish we had their beautiful, fancy, adventurous, cool looking life. Not necessarily all of that is true, but at least it appears to be. In that moment, because we are stuck somewhere, we experience FOMO. Social media entrepreneur Malini Agarwal of MissMalini.com often says, I'm in this business of social media and being an influencer because I need to know it all. If I don't know things about people, then I may experience FOMO. Graphologically speaking, we can spot FOMO in the letter M, upper or lower case. M for missing out. Yeah, good correlation again. If the second hump in the letter M is taller than the first one, then the writer has this constant need to be accepted, approved, like, or even desired. Now the question is, do you think Miss Malini has FOMO in her personality or it was just her catch line? Check it out for yourself in this snippet of episode number 37. You always spoke about fear of missing out. And my first thing was like, okay, let me go and check this in Malini's handwriting. Does she really have this fear of missing out? 
and i must say this you are a curious curious person and uh, you cannot stop yourself from exploring things that you are interested in but it's not fear it's not fear of missing out you in is a it's a term that we can use but you are not uh, really concerned if you miss on things that are happening out there and i'm saying that also in your personal life like if you make mistakes if you really really you never thought you should you take out time and process it very differently and people look at you and they think she is outgoing and she is expressive and she is all of that but they do not know the other side of you where you can really uh, put your thoughts together really become calm and composed and not speak with anybody for hours so i thought i thought that was really good really i'm so curious to know how how that how do you see that in somebody's handwriting so uh, handwriting has a, a, like the, the overall study is based on multiple strokes coming together so right. it's like there are 800 traits and the combination and permutation actually creates a personality so when i look at your social skills i check out okay what exactly do you do in your social skills are you a person who would go out there are you operated operating from the fear genuine fear of missing out or fear of being rejected or feeling self conscious and none of that is applicable to you and yeah. that's why in areas where you had to take a stand and disagree with people who are uh, so called the the significant people of the community you did you probably didn't confront them but you did disagree you yeah. took a stand and you really moved away from it paying the cost no one talks about it because i'm sure you do not talk about it and people are not aware of it but you definitely have that trait when if you believe in something you do not comply you do not compromise point number 3 do you really genuinely believe in yourself there is no one who completely believes in or completely doubts oneself but we all have predominated patterns now when i say believing in yourself i am referring to self esteem i'm not talking about self confidence that is the projected image that you show to the world i'm actually referring to self esteem which is your personal private conversation with yourself it is about how you look at yourself when you look into the mirror each morning do you know this it does matter what people say about you but when you say the same thing about yourself then the impact of that same damn sentence goes up by 100 to 500 times in episode number 35 we invited a media entrepreneur and founder of a pr company the other circle akanksha gupta when i looked at her handwriting i saw one pronounced thing her high self esteem many people think that you can feel good about yourself when you succeed or when you do not fail at doing something however in reality it is quite the opposite people with high self esteem are willing to fall fail and get up again success or failure does not define them so they do not feel horrible about themselves when they cannot do something before i talk about what denotes high self esteem in our handwriting let's hear how akanksha describes her process uh, one is um, uh, actually put forth by a lady called vanshika goenka who runs a, a community called pulkanya it okay. says uh, fail forward and fail fast so the learning curve is better uh, you you're tackling it head strong so uh, that's the learning i've had with her that's actually become one of the pillar and the cornerstone of our company so wow. we look forward to um, failing forward and failing fast um the second bit is i think um we don't take anything too seriously ourselves together and included uh, that's very important because uh, again in my profession you become so obsessed with who you are or how you're perceived beyond a point right. because that's what you do day and night for a living that you sort of 
you try and hold on to it really tight but it's like sand you know um, i mean it's going to fall through the cracks so don't hold anything too seriously including your own self i think that especially yourself especially yourself <laughs> <laughs> and lastly is um i think the minute you're willing to learn uh, everything sorts itself out so i think for me the minute you put yourself as a student in any situation even the most uncomfortable ones uh, i think uh, that's just managed to keep it all together for me so it takes a little bit of the pressure off it requires you not to know everything it allows you to again make a few mistakes because you're a student and you're bound to do that and uh, i think as long as you keep that as a cornerstone or actually the center of everything it works itself out again So it's so nice, like you know, it's all about when you say failing forward, learning, and you know, being willing to to really put yourself through this process. All of it comes down to fundamentally going back to what you began the conversation with, where like if I want to learn, if I want to grow, if I want to build this other circle, then I want to make sure that I do everything it takes, and I don't have me or anyone else or anything else standing in the way. And Absolutely, I'm as indispensable as anything else. The the cause is bigger, so <laughs> so so nice. Graphologically speaking, we can find a great deal of information in the letter T about self-esteem. No, this is not the only sign, but it is a significant one. Letter T for tenacity. Yeah, that makes sense. There are two parts to this letter: a vertical line and a horizontal line. Look at it carefully. if the horizontal line is placed at the top or closer to the top then it shows that the writer genuinely believes in himself he or she has high self esteem point number 4 extrovert introvert or ambivert do you know what is your style of dealing not only with communication but with expressing your genuine deep feelings and emotions some of my training is based on carl jung's work Carl Jung is known as the father of modern psychology. He was the one who coined these terms extrovert and introvert actually in a style of introvert and extrovert back in the day. He said, "It is not about being talkative or being shy. It has nothing to do with how you speak. But these terms are actually about how do you recharge yourself. Extroverts feel charged up in the company of others, whereas introverts come alive when they get to spend time by themselves or their close trusted circle of people a young four time world record holder pilot arohi pandit was our guest on episode number 31 here is how i described her extrovert and introvert behavior so the most important thing about your personality is the way people look at you they think you are an extrovert you can talk and you can you know actually hold conversations when you speak in public you come across as a confident person but very rarely and only close people would know that you are an introvert that is true you really need a <laughs> lot of time to recover from any social interaction so i believe after today's conversation you're going to spend like one day by Probably. yourself and yeah. like not talk to anybody <laughs> pretty much but that is how you recover from the toxins of talking to people and i'm using this word because mostly as a listener you know people if if you have introverts around yeah. uh, people struggle to connect with them people struggle to understand why these people are like lost why they're not connecting why they're not talking but this is how introverts function they love talking only when they connect That otherwise yeah. they try to avoid it as much as they can 
analyzing people on the games and the teaser and the quizzes that that you give and depending on how they fare in that game you have the mental scorecard or so yeah. like some kind of sheet going on and they're like okay this person is trustworthy enough <laughs> i can open up and after all the testing i think you have managed to get two people like that that you totally trust and can talk to if probably, at all probably yeah like probably one or two <laughs> I was counting like you know somebody when you were a child and one friend there and one friend now so like two but yeah yeah I have like three friends who I know like for twelve years and that's it and it took like twelve years before that to know them yeah <laughs> yeah in handwriting analysis we look at slants to comment about this aspect of your behavior look at the tall lowercase letters like L B H D If most of these tall lines are tilted towards the left side then it indicates that you are an introvert however if these lines are leaning towards the right side then it shows that you are an extrovert if you go both the sides then it can be a sign of ambivert point number 5 are you a positive person or a negative person oh so one more thing are you an optimistic person or a pessimistic person i get this a lot especially when i meet people socially oh graphology yeah yeah i know graphology if your handwriting goes up uh, then you are a positive person if it goes down then you are a negative person i am more than 1200 handwriting samples old in this profession i have never met a positive person or a negative person i mean it there are people with some really pleasant traits in their personality and others with really complicated traits in their behavior but nobody is fully positive or fully negative let's look at a graphology factor that is found in the baseline what is baseline you ask it is that imaginary line on which you write when you're writing on an unruled paper you know when you're signing a check or when you're writing a note or an application on a blank photocopy print out paper you see your writing going all over the place that line that imaginary unstable line is called baseline if that baseline goes upwards it is not a positive sign it is a mere sign of enthusiasm excitement and having bundle of physical emotional energy if the baseline is going downwards then it is a sign of feeling disappointed feeling low physically emotionally and otherwise if that line goes up and down all around then it shows that you're confused and you're struggling to make up your mind in multiple areas of your life Before the lockdown as a society we never saw any merit in introvert people suddenly in this lockdown it became a superpower so if you are an introvert or dealing with one for example if your mother your child your spouse is an introvert then check out one of my favorite episodes called survival guide for introverts it's episode number 8 point number 6 As a high performance coach I have been studying leaders entrepreneurs celebrities professional players to understand how they process information how is it different from others how they make decisions deal with stress plan and execute things 
you know, in the business and corporate world, we speak so much about efficiency, strategizing, being a taskmaster. We consider certain behaviors as superior leadership qualities. Let's look at some handwriting stroke that can depict good planning and execution skills. Look for lowercase letter F. F for fulfill or finish the task. You got my point. Now, this trait is applicable only if your letter F is written in a cursive style. So, each cursive F must have two loops. Technically, you may or may not have it depending on the trait that I'm about to describe. So, take your letter F and zoom in. Look at it carefully. If the top loop is complete and well-formed, then the writer is good with his or her planning skills. If the bottom loop is complete and well-formed, then the writer is good with his execution skills. Any deformity or any incomplete loop formation shows that the writer lacks expertise to plan or execute. I found this stroke in Star Sports executive producer, poet and podcaster Ragini Kumar's handwriting. This was episode number 93. Here is a short clip. It's a universal thing, I feel, uh, with us. Uh, I I get confused when I have to take a decision sometimes. Maybe not professionally, as you said, but, you know, for myself. When you write your letter F, you know, you, you make both the loops complete most of the time, but sometimes the lower loop is more prominent. Okay, when we look at uh, F letter like that, where the only low loop, uh, lower loop is more prominent, that mm. talks about somebody's ability to execute to the T. And mm. it's only like when you make a plan, you know, some people are great <coughs> at planning. In your case, if people give you a plan, and if you are supposed to execute it, you will make sure that you follow all the timelines, you get all, all the moving you know, ducks in a row, you'll somehow manage it, you'll sit on top of it and you'll figure it out. And that is your skill that professionally people have counted on, people can really, really connect to, and that makes you extremely reliable. Oh, that's fascinating. Point number seven, another area where successful people thrive is their ability to remain objective and analytical in any given situation. In the middle of a chaotic, dramatic, or even hysterical moment, they do not lose their objectivity easily. On top of that, they manage to analyze and decipher the best way forward. I found such a stroke when I analyzed the managing editor of LinkedIn News, Ankit Vengurlikar, on our Absolutely Right podcast number 85. Here is a short excerpt from our conversation. So when we look at the analytical nature, okay, let me talk about that. When, when people write with angular formation, which means when you write, connect your letters, one letter to another, or sometimes when you write your letter M's, there are pointed angular formations there. They clearly talk about your need to analyze information. You're highly observant. And whenever you get into a space, you keep looking for small cues for those, you know, moments where people miss on things, but you read between the lines almost all the time. Uh, you do not even know that you're observing these things until somebody would ask you a question. Ankit, what do you think about it? And the very moment they ask you that question, you bring in like almost like data files from 15 different sources. And then you talk about, say, that person, that activity, that, that situation, but it happens. So the analysis, it's a, it's a way you think. It's a way you process information. It's how you look at the world. And thereby the processing is happening naturally at the back of your mind. So it's not that you're judgmental. It's not that you're consciously looking at things. You might be browsing through internet or a newspaper maybe. 
but the way you process information that is your style now why am i talking about it is because so many times people think analytical thinking is what one one should cultivate and it's a good thing or a bad thing now it's not about that it's literally how you are gifted with certain ways of you know all of us have our natural ways of going about in your case this is your natural thing and uh, tell us more how how it has actually translated itself in your work or your personal life well in work i can definitely connect the dots or read between the lines as you <laughs> said uh, being a journalist is all about literally connecting the dots and uh, maybe sometimes a story is hidden in plain sight uh, but you're looking in the other direction and so you miss out on these details so i think uh, i've i've been lucky or i've been fortunate that i can naturally use my natural disposition of analytical thinking uh, for better storytelling or for better journalism and uh, is this common or is it not because i do find myself at a loss of words sometimes where i'm like this is so easy it- how did this not occur to you i mean what are you thinking are you not paying attention you know what i'm saying it's so, nothing to do with attention even maybe. when people pay attention they do not have the analytical bend of mind and this is where things become different i'll give you the hindsight of the same trait when you deal with emotions especially other people's emotions you bring in lot of logic and analytical thinking and you do that even to yourself <laughs> <laughs> you're like uh, like you if you feel something you probably write it down you try to bring in logic there is okay i felt this this is a trajectory of my thoughts and let me just you know evaluate it and people are like no they are emotions you can't be evaluating it and what is <laughs> up with that statement <laughs> i'm like okay problem solution <laughs> ways to get to the solution point a to point b locomotion and mm-hmm. and and in personal life it's especially like no this is an emotional situation and it doesn't need your logic or your analysis but i'm like sure but you just articulated <laughs> what seems like a problem and to my mind there's a solution to a problem so very logical journey right or there should apparently be one not apparently not point number 8 learnability oh this one quality i found in more than 95% of high performers i have studied You may say what's the big deal about it? We all learn things and when time comes when we are stuck in a situation we adapt and mold ourselves. I hear you. But when it comes to learnability, I'm trying to talk about someone's voluntary choice of improving or upgrading themselves or the situation at hand. And to talk about this stroke, I must confess, I couldn't have found a better person to talk about this trait than podcaster habit coach Ashton Doctor. when you learn something you know i find learnability is is kind of a is it's not something people enjoy a lot mm. people want to learn things that they are again comfortable with mm. and then they want to learn for people outside mm. so they want to learn something so that social media would like it my my family would like it my friends would find it cool when you learn something you you do lot of questioning mm. and that's that's uncomfortable in how like very few people i have met who would go through that length of questioning so when you question something mm. like i feel people miss this part the most important part of learning something new is unlearning mm. which means throwing whatever is working for you out of the window mm. and then objectively going back to your objectivity perspective uh, picking something that would work for you in the future mm. and with that 
thing in mind is commendable because not everybody have that courage to look at hmm. things which are uh, working for them or just know? say i don't know i don't know when you truly don't know hmm. i'm saying imagine something is working for you a regime is working for Correct. you a, a skill that is working for you hmm. throwing that out of the window hmm. i think that is difficult hmm. for most of us Correct. we don't want to do that you know yeah. we are like okay this 30% i have figured out i don't want to question that hmm. let me question go and question the 70% hmm. but you are hmm. like no 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 why not that 30% hmm. and i can imagine how difficult it is for people around you to look at that hmm. they are like no but we said this process we were okay with it why are we going back and looking at that hmm. didn't we agree with it hmm. you know so many times people love your rigor to question things hmm. in your own life hmm. they don't like it when it comes to Mm. overall mm. as a When group as a team other yes because mm. you know they all of us want to have comfort zone in our lives mm. and other people's you know in our relationships so mm. people want to put us into different boxes mm. if you keep moving from one box to another mm. people are like no but i put you into that box mm. why are you changing mm. because for them they have to reevaluate everything yeah so. in fact it's so it's so funny because people who know me know that i am not the same person every year Yeah. Right, and they just keep they keep telling me about this. But like you know, yeah. and, and I was like, but why should I be the same person I was every year? There's so many experiences that you learn. And, and I I think we do that to people for our own comfort. Mm. Like most misunderstandings that people talk about, even in relationships, is when the spouse is changing beyond their capacity to deal with it. The team member or the boss is changing beyond their ab- ability to adapt to that that behavior. And yeah. I think this is where. we need to take a pause and question like if we really trust in people around us and if they are changing are we really willing to be the recipient of the change hmm. and i think you make sure everybody is on that coaching program all the time ha be fluid <laughs> that's the only way to be around you no. if they are not fluid you're like okay hmm. uh, i don't know how to deal with you guys i'm going to be fluid any which way correct the graphology stroke for learnability is a combination of two letters t and h Look at these letters next to each other in words like the, other, gather. Basically, anywhere when you see T and H standing next to each other. And now zoom in. If the letter H is taller than the letter T, then the writer is willing to learn, unlearn, and evolve. Point number nine: the last trait of the series that indicates success, leadership quality, or even empathetic skill is one of my favorites. it's called the listening skill e to my mind listening to someone is not artificially making steady eye contact nodding at a pre-programmed regular interval or not even saying the correct things when time is ready it boils down to genuinely wholeheartedly being interested in the other person in his or her story paying attention to details comes naturally if you know that you have a keen interest in that person for me listening is a privilege it is an immersive experience it is the ability to receive the other person completely for who he or she is when you listen you don't have to agree you do not have to disagree you're supposed to create a calm neutral non-judgmental space for the other person graphologically speaking listening skill can be found in the lower case letter e e for ear elephant earphone look for the lower case e if the not in the e you know that that beginning stroke that little loop there if that is open and rounded then the writer is not only a good listener but also an observant person 
he or she is dedicated to listen to their friends and family member, they would put their hearts into ears when it comes to actually being there to support the other person. So if you were listening intently, then some of you must be wondering what happened to my story. Did I really leave my house that day or not? To complete the story, yes, I did leave my house that day. I had no clue how I would support my education, where would I stay, how would I build a career in graphology without any support. But I must say, I learned from each person on the way, through one conversation at a time. My dad did not speak with me for six years after that day. After much persuasion, he finally decided to visit my office on its opening day, which was like a big deal for me, you can imagine. With all due respect, it was his training and upbringing that allowed me to be resilient on the path. But not being able to be with him, spend time with him, was probably the cost I had to pay to follow my heart. And in so many ways, I feel, I wish I would have known the tools and methods and ways to communicate and understand the other person, you know, all the tools that I keep talking about on the podcast, when I was 18. Probably our journeys would have been different and probably less difficult. And when you have paid such a high price to get what you really want, you want to be completely involved with it. Probably that's the reason with each single person I analyze on a podcast or in my session, I am really, really committed to give my best shot. And also it's like reading a book. Just witnessing someone's inner world is a transformative experience. Indirectly, you start understanding and accepting yourself in ways that you cannot imagine. We generally do that when we read a book or when we watch a movie. Handwriting analysis is a live wire experience. You feel that in the moment and you feel understood, you feel accepted and more importantly, you embrace all the imperfection in the other person and in yourself. In the last 98 episodes, we have tried our best to handpick guests from different walks of life so that you see the variety of people and different perspectives. The idea was simple for you to embrace yourself and actually accept the people you live and work with. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being part of this transformational, wonderful, difficult, challenging, unbelievable journey on the Absolutely Right podcast. And to each one of you, I cannot thank you enough. Send me all your questions, comments and doubts on my email ID, write WRIT at aditisurana.com. I would do my best to answer your questions to best of my ability. With the next episode, we will be completing our 100 episode journey of season one of the Absolutely Right podcast. Through that, we will go through some changes, format changes more than anything else. I'll keep you posted. We'll give you all the information in the next episode. If you would like to know more about personalities, people, signatures and graphology, then do visit my website aditisurana.com. And if you wish to learn graphology yourself and join the club of Mad Hatters with my graphology masterclass, the next batches are starting on 6th of March and 3rd of April 2021. Actually, new batches start every first Saturday of every month. If you like this podcast, then do not forget to check out other interesting podcasts on IVM Network. You can listen to us on IBM Podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IBM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Let's connect on Friday on our 100th episode. I will be talking about gratitude journaling. Till then, happy writing! 
I hope you enjoyed that show. If you aren't following us on social media, please do. We're IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Let me quickly thank our sponsors on the network this week. Storytel, thewholetruthfoods.com, and we have a new sponsor in Seattle. Thank you all so much for being part of the network. So, this is Valentine's week, and we have a bunch of stuff for you guys. So, I'm going to give you a couple of episodes that you could definitely catch up with. Ugla Station, Season 2, Episode 12, BR Valentine. Ritasha and Ayushi have a little bit of talk about love and all the rest of the stuff that goes wrong with that. On The Habit Coach, episode 396, Ashton Doctor did an episode which went into the much-debated origins of Valentine's Day. Also, do check out Candid Kanan with Siddharth Kanan featuring Govinda and his wife Sunita Ahuja. He talks to them about amazing 33 years together. But you know what, folks? If you want to hear more about these Valentine's Day things, what I suggest is go to our webpage, ivmpodcast.com slash blog. And on the blog, we're going to post a bunch of different playlists that we've created for all the various major services. So if you're feeling in the mood for love, do check that out. You'll definitely enjoy just a quick note on a few other noteworthy episodes this week. Nankari Kunal Vijaykar was the guest. They spoke about street food with him. On Simplified, they talk about vaccinating a billion people, then the logistical and administrative task in front of us. And on The Wire Talks, Siddharth talks to Devdad Mukhopadhyay about the human cost of internet shutdowns. And with that, I hope to see you again next week. Hey, I'm Zarina, your peak performance coach, leadership coach, and life coach. And I'm here to unleash that power within you with your weekly dose of mantras and empowerment. Tune in to Monday Mantras every Monday for your quick fix and the empowering series with Zarina Punawala every Thursday for riveting real-life stories. You can catch us on the IBM Podcast website, app, or wherever you get your podcasts from.